Well, as we have our first Sunday of Advent message, I would ask that you stand and turn in your Bibles to Luke 21, verses 25 to 36. Luke 21, verses 25 to 36. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly, like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Let us pray. Lord, help us to see your hope today. Give us ears to hear and hearts to listen. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If I had to pick a single month that is my least favorite in all of the 12 of the year, it would be February. Those 28 days feel like the longest 28 days of the world. It's cold, it's nasty. Most of the time, if there's snow, it's gross. If there's not snow, the sky is just gray for 28 days straight. There is nothing, in my opinion, you may or may not share it, there is nothing redemptive about February. February just... Exactly. (laughs) It's not good. I hate it. But the only good news that comes out of February is that when March comes around, it's the beginning of spring. We start to see the signs that things are going to change. We start to see sprouts coming up through the ground. The grass begins to peek through and starts to turn a little more green. We start to see the sun a couple more days out of the week. When we get past February, we get to the time where we begin to see spring coming. The fig tree that's used as an illustration in this text talks about summer coming. When the fig tree starts to bloom, you can see that uh, summer is coming. And 
we are getting out of the barrenness of winter. We don't have to worry so much that the things that we have um, set aside for over the course of the winter will be depleted before the next crop grows. Assuming that we were farmers, we would not have to worry about whether or not we were going to be able to plant again. It's good news to the people that Jesus is talking to because they recognize that they're getting to a point where they can begin to move forward. It's good news for us because we no longer have to worry about trying to pay an exorbitant gas bill to heat our house. And we can anticipate days when we can spend more time outside, when we can not have to be cooped up with the people that we love so much, (laughs) but that aggravate us so easily. Because summer is coming. Baseball, all the fun things that you get to do outside, swimming pools, amusement parks, all of those things are just around the corner. And while the text talks about it that way, it's really not about that kind of anticipation, although it talks about that kind of anticipation. Really what we're anticipating is the coming of the Lord. And there are going to be signs that God is coming, that Jesus is coming back. We're going to see the signs around us. When it feels as though you're at the end of your rope, the things that you've been waiting to get through, the Februaries that are happening in your life, there is good news. The Messiah is coming. And as we sit in this season of Advent, we are reminded again that the trees are beginning to bud and the Messiah is indeed coming. We talk a lot about uh, the signs of the times making uh, evidence of justice and redemption when we look at this passage. We look at all of the things that happen in conjunction with that. Justice. Sometimes it feels like that's scary, that we should be afraid of justice. But we don't have to be afraid of justice because our justice is against those who have been unjust. The people who stand in opposition to the ways of God are the ones who are going to face the justice of God All of the signs that we see around us are signs that indicate to us that the day of the Lord is coming. The day of the Lord is an Old Testament reference. We've talked about it a little bit in our past few weeks. The day of the Lord is this day when all of injustice will be cast away and redemption will happen for those who have stood with God. It's a day when the people of God anticipate mercy and blessing. Because Jesus has already come, God has promised that our 
justice has already been accomplished. We who are just and righteous because we have believed on Jesus and who are following God do not have to be afraid of the day of the Lord. We can anticipate that positively. We should be looking forward to it. Because justice really is only scary if you are not just. You don't worry about justice. You don't worry about the laws of the land if you're following the laws of the land. You don't worry about justice being administered by a just God if you are being and following what you are supposed to do in that space. We don't have to fear the things that are happening because redemption is about hope, not fear. There are a lot of stories about people who fear the return of Christ. Maybe you've read some of the fiction books that have come out that talk about when Jesus returns, there's all kinds of crazy things that will happen in the world that should be scary. And But in reality, none of those things have been outlined in that kind of detail. What really we are, what we are really looking forward to is not a sign of destruction, but of restoration and renewal. In fact, in verse 28, it specifically says, when we see the signs of redemption, when we see the signs that God is coming, when we see the signs that the Messiah is on his way, stand up and lift up your heads, for redemption is coming for you. It's a positive thing. It's not signs of destruction or heartache, but of restoration and renewal. You can't stand up and lift your head if things are devastating and terrible. But you can stand and lift your head if you are anticipating good things, positive things, things that will make a difference for you. So as you look around the world and you see all of the things that are happening and you shake your head and you wonder, how long will this interminable February last? Be ready to see the signs. To see the signs of the hope that we have. When we talk about Advent and the coming of Christ, we're talking about something that happened in the past in some ways. We're talking about the hope that the Jews had for their redemption to come through a Messiah. They were expecting someone to come and win political favor for them. Instead, they got Jesus who brought them redemption in a way they didn't expect. The day of the Lord for them, the first time, didn't come destroying empires. 
Instead, it sought to build the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, through love and mercy. And when we look for the return of Christ, we think about the destruction of those who perpetrate injustice. But perhaps we should be thinking about the ways in which God will make things right in the world. Justice doesn't necessarily mean annihilation or revenge, but justice means making things right. We can hope not for revenge or destruction, but for even the worst things to be made right. I was talking to a lady yesterday who told me that she wondered sometimes why God didn't create us with out a gene to be bad. In other words, why weren't we just created to be good all the time? Why do we have this sort of leaning towards doing things that are not necessarily good or kind? And as we were talking about it, I was thinking about the fact that really, uh, I think what God was doing was saying, I want you to choose me. I want you to make a choice for how you respond to me. But maybe when justice, when redemption finally comes, when the Lord returns, one of the things that he'll do to make things right is flip that switch. Change us so that we just do the right thing all the time. It's not what it says in the scripture, and it's not necessarily what it is. But when we think about the worst things being made right, it doesn't have to mean that all the bad things are destroyed. It could mean that they're transformed. It's what Jesus does for us, transforms us from the inside out. The last point is that it's easy to miss the Messiah in our midst. While we're waiting for the Lord to return, we shouldn't miss the fact that God is present with us. Earlier in Luke 21, the disciples point out the grandeur of the temple while seemingly missing that the presence of God, Jesus, is in their midst. All this talk of the day of the Lord being at hand, and he is right there with them. And while we wait in hopeful expectation of Christ's return, we cannot overlook the places where Christ is at work already. The kingdom is now. It came with Jesus to earth, but it has yet to be fulfilled. We need to not miss the signs of the nowness of God's presence for the sake of the signs of the thenness of God's presence. We can find all of the signs that Jesus mentions throughout recorded history. Sun and stars doing interesting things, storms that bring catastrophic results, Fear and terror for what is to come. 
They're all throughout recorded history. We can find them now when we look at places like California and Taylorville. We can see them in the past when we think about the big earthquakes that have come to California before. All of these signs are common. And we don't know when the Lord's return will be. It could be any second. But redemption is also happening now. It's in our presence. We just have to look around and see it. We can see redemption happening in all kinds of places. We want all of the things to be made right. We want all of the people to do good all the time. We want all of the world to work the way we want it to. We stand in a time when it feels sometimes as though February will never end. But summer is coming. And it might seem like it's a long way away on a dreary December Sunday or some random day in February. But when you look around, you can see the promise. There's a promise in the calendar and in the ways the trees change in late summer. There is promise in the sound of birds and in warmer breezes. But if we aren't looking, we can miss them already happening in our midst. Jesus is coming too. We remember his first coming with joy, but we also look ahead to his second coming with hopeful anticipation. A day that will be filled with justice and redemption, and we wait with heads held high, confident in Christ's mercy and grace. We look ahead for the signs of that coming in the ways that redemption is happening now. We look in hope at how lives are being restored our lives are being made new and the work that Christ is doing in our own hearts. And we know that the trees are budding around us and the day of the Lord has come and is still to come in beautiful and life-giving ways. We move forward in hope for all to be made new even as things are already being made new.